Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Uh, here we go, MEMSPA. We are back at it with the Community of Principles podcast. This is Ben Gilpin. I have a guest with me today that I'm very excited to introduce. I actually was first introduced to Alex McNeese some time ago, and, and I got to tell you the story real quick before I let Alex take over. I actually was, I believe I was at a conference, and I believe I was listening to Anthony Muhammad for the very first time, and quickly discovered that Alex and Anthony have uh, have a friendship, that they, uh, they've actually known each other for quite some time. And so that was the first time I actually started to get to know Alex. And he and I have inter- interacted online and we've seen each other face-to-face several times. So I am delighted to bring on Alex. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Ben. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Okay, Alex, let's just kind of jump in and tell everybody on, on the show, where are you currently at? And, and maybe in a nutshell, how did you get there? Awesome. And uh, hello, Mensba family. Uh, looking forward. This is a great opportunity to be on a podcast. It's my, it's my first podcast. Uh, so let's see, where am I? I am the Director of Instructional Services and State and Federal Grants at Garden City Public Schools. And uh, before this role, I was an elementary principal for a few years. And then before that, I was a middle school teacher and an elementary fourth and fifth grade teacher. So you've you've worn several hats. We will definitely have to get into that soon. Okay, most people have seen you at MEMSPA. Most have interacted with you. You're just a lifelong educator. So I guess we'll just start off with what are two things most people don't know about Alex? So one thing that they uh, they don't know about me is um, I'm a Detroit kid. I grew up in Detroit for my first 18 years before I went off to Michigan State University, and uh, I attended Detroit public schools and uh, grew up in the city. And it's something that's near and dear to my heart, and I love seeing how the city's making this resurgence. So I'm a, I'm a, uh, I have Detroit love. The other thing that most people probably wouldn't know about me is that uh, I am currently in one of my, my evening jobs. I publish children's books uh, that people have for their school districts. That is fantastic. So, okay, so I'm going to go to Detroit first. And I actually, just last week, uh, my wife and I went to New York City for the very first time. And so for those of you that have never been to New York City, or maybe you have, Alex, I'm going to throw this out because you're a Detroit through and through guy. First things first, Detroit is so much cleaner and prettier than New York City. And number two, Detroit Metro is such a better airport than LaGuardia. So those are two quick points I have to make um, with some Detroit love right there. What is in Detroit? What is one of your favorite spots? Probably where I grew up. Uh, that's Rosedale Park. I still like going back uh, that way and uh, going back to the old neighborhood uh, again in the, the park that I grew up playing in. And uh, the street I grew up on, a lot of uh, good memories back in Rosedale Park. I do love all the nightlife downtown, too. That certainly is uh, a lot of fun. My wife and I don't get a chance to get down there as much as we would like to. But we are raising two kids, right? So uh, there's we're, we're um, like Uber drivers, essentially, for our children. <laughs> I get that completely. Um, okay, so then the second thing is the book. So how many books have you published? 
We published two now for two different school districts, Dover, Delaware, and Racine, Wisconsin, where they wanted to develop a readiness book that was to help prepare their kids for kindergarten, but had the um, the art and the story attached on to their children's um, experience in that area. So just this last summer, the book for Racine, Wisconsin came out. We actually did one in English and I had my, we published our first book in Spanish, which I don't speak Spanish. So um, I could not proofread this book. We actually went out there this summer and helped them kick off this book and talk about uh, kindergarten readiness. My wife uh, does now all the art for these books. And uh, it's just a, it's a really cool thing to see this book come out for these, uh, these different communities now. Again, first one was East Coast, Dover, Delaware, and now this one is uh, Racine, Wisconsin, a little closer to home for us. Very good. Congratulations on that, too. That's that's really cool. I've actually had the privilege of talking to a handful of authors, and it, it always impresses me because it's also what a great measure of giving back. So I just, I applaud you. Well done. Well, Alex, I'm going to take a little different spin. Typically, question number two is we talk about some something that inspires you in challenging times, but I feel like this is an opportunity. So you have transitioned from the principalship into more of a central office role. And you've also, you've been a teacher at the elementary level. You've been, you've taught at the middle school level. So you've been at so many different levels. You've done so many different things. If, if there was a person out there that was listening to this right now, and, and maybe they're thinking about a change, do you have any advice for them? I know um, a lot of administrators would look at central office or superintendency, um, or a lot of teachers look at um, that you know, moving into the main office. And it's that time of year, right? So one thing I guess I would say to everyone to uh, think very, very deeply about it, but don't go. <laughs> don't leave the principalship. I say that in jest. Uh, principalship is, is an awesome job. Um, you're able to connect with kids and connect with families and really make a difference and be a really important person in a lot of young people's lives. And um, that's one of the great rewards of our job. When you go to central office, it is um, you sacrifice a lot of that. You sacrifice those personal connections that you have. You are able to throw some really big levers, though, some levers that make a big difference. Uh, like right now, in, in, and I really do enjoy my position here, and I, I'm just... I'm, talking in jest about uh, not going. As the director of instruction, I'm able to help influence curriculum and instruction and school improvement for every kid in Garden City. And that is, um, that's a really big lever to throw. Every year, I'm able to identify about 2.5 to $3 million of, of grants that our schools figure out. And, and I guide them through the school improvement process, but the ideas come from within the school. And that's been a big change in our culture and something I'm really proud of here. And it's been a big lever, but personally, from leaving the uh, the principalship, my last group that I was the principal of was Lathers Kindergarten, and those kindergartners are now ninth graders, oh, and I've been following them all the way along through throughout these years. And it's uh, I wonder what it's going to be like when they graduate. Right, I'll have no more students that I I was their direct principal for because it's a really really special relationship. So. You're right. You're right. But you know, who better? And and this is going to be my plug in to you. You're able to now build into principles. So who better to build in and support principles than a former principal, right? I completely agree. I don't see how it would be possible to uh, do one of these jobs at central office if you weren't principal first. Um, you have to know the job that the principals have to walk every day. 
all of the balls that they're trying to juggle in the air while um, still making sure everyone has a very successful day is um, a challenging feat that all the principals should be commended for. Well, I can I can just say this. You and I have not actually had the privilege to work together in the same district, but um, I, and I know I would always appreciate that perspective. And so what you're able to give to building principles is that perspective. And, and so I I applaud you for that. And, and I appreciate that. And I'm sure that whether they they know it right now or whether they know it later, they will also learn to really appreciate that. So, um, hey, let's let's transition to the last question. And this one. You've worn a lot of hats, so I'm very curious to see where you go with this. But um, so, Alex, somewhere along your journey, I anticipate that somebody saw leadership qualities in you before maybe you even saw them in yourself. If you could think back, who would that person be or, or maybe people be? And if you could say something to them now, what would you say? So I have a, this will be a twofer, all right? I have uh, two people I really need to, to talk about here. And one is Molly, my wife. You know, when you are a teacher applying to be a principal, you get said no to a lot. You go through a lot of interviews, right? It's not a good fit. You have to deal with a lot. It's a disappointment and rejection, right? From the professional books that I've written, you write a book and you, you send that out to a publisher and you get a letter back saying, thanks, but no thanks. And dealing with all that's a real challenge. And my wife has never, ever stopped supporting me, pushing me forward, um, saying that it is going to happen. She saw it in me when I was becoming a little bit cynical about the process. So I most definitely wouldn't be here without uh, without Molly and uh, her support. The other person is uh, someone you already mentioned is uh, is Dr. Anthony Muhammad. Tony is... Uh, a ongoing mentor in my life. And I really, I was a middle school teacher in his building when he became uh, the principal. And I became inspired by his motivation and message. We've all seen him at conferences, right? And it's pretty much the same Anthony that we got at staff meetings. <laughs> um, and, you know, again, this one story he told us uh, about um, when you make a difference with a kid, um, when you take a kid from that failure comes to the success column, that success reverberates throughout generations, right? It's not just that kid you make the difference for. It's, it's every kid that's going to be in that, that person's bloodline from now on, right? And it is um, it was inspiring because that's what I got into education to do, to make a difference for kids, to make a difference for our, our world. And I came to Anthony's building right when I was getting a little cynical about that, when I had some poor experiences. And uh, he rekindled that fire in me. And um, honestly, got us all within that school to look at how we teach, how we engage students, and got us to all grow together, collective teacher efficacy, to push each other. And um, being part of that staff at Levy Middle School in Southfield was um, one of the, the very formative things of, of, of my life. Many of the people I still communicate with, because we changed a lot of kids' lives. We, we did something that everyone is interested in doing now. We, we didn't just close an achievement gap. We didn't narrow it. We obliterated it. We inverted it. We beat state averages. And, and it's, not just, it's not just test scores, right? It's, um, it was the kids were happier. Like We changed kids' lives. So Anthony used to say things like, he used to call me Dr. McNeese. And this is back when I was still getting my master's degree. One of these things that he just kind of puts into your head and, and I've gone on to, to go get my PhD and, and much of that is because of his modeling for me. I didn't want to be a principal. And he told me that I need to look into school leadership. 
I told him I was just fine being a teacher. And he was, he was the person who pushed me to being a leader. Uh, That's powerful. It's mentors like that. And I guess I think everyone should reflect on who you're a mentor to now, right? Um, yes. What things are you saying to people that's going to spark them to, to go and, and do good things in this world? That's a really powerful thing that sometimes I think we take for granted and none of us should. Well, you know, so the, let's go back like your wife, Molly. So what I heard there, empathy. I mean, she not only was your constant support, but, um, you know, she was empathetic. She was supporting. And so I'm positive that the experiences that you've endured have created more empathy for you. So that would be point one. Then point two is, I mean, now there's there's no way I can't see Alex trying to push into others the same exact way that Dr. Muhammad pushed into you. That is, that's keeping that cycle of leadership. That is keeping building into others as as one of the most important things that we do. I agree. I Sometimes I think principals uh, and central office, all school administrators, we can be rather competitive sometimes. And I think we definitely need to view it the other way. We need to view how we can become that community of principals that supports each other and helps each other succeed. Because at the end of the day, we're helping kids, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, my friend, this, this has been absolutely terrific. I appreciate you coming on. And so as you listen to this episode, feel free to, to jump on social media and, and share it out and, and kind of give your two cents as well. But one thing I do want to point out to everybody, we've got um, in the next handful of guests are going to be individuals that um, may not actually be principals right now. And in fact, um, uh, we've got a couple more guests after Alex that are, they're going to be in different roles. And I think this is a great opportunity for all of us to learn with and learn from others. Um, so Alex, this is, this has really been a great episode. I really appreciate you coming on and, um, and thanks again. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Mensba. Uh, look forward to listening to the podcast and all the other ones to come. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.